Bam, we're live. You already worked out the shiz, the shiz. I never seen the shiz on here. The shiz. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, it's funny. I thought you were smoking. And now when I click on it and you pop up on the screen, you're a little bit bigger. I see you're not smoking. You're in a slurpy, slurpy. Uh, I was just reading this. Um, oh, we have Dalton Ross on this morning, undefeated Bellator fighter. Uh, maybe we could pop up his sure dog stats and give him a quick peek before he pops on. Um, not getting notifications for this one for some reason. Hmm. You know, what's funny is, is it says no one's watching too, but I can see a bunch of people watching. Obviously, someone's watching. You're in the comments. Maybe something's not right. Maybe this isn't. Is this is this on YouTube now? Are you guys watching on YouTube? Yeah, it says the comments are coming from YouTube. Good morning, Mr. Bellinghausen from Vindicate. You like my shirt? Booyah. Um, Dalton Rasta, six wins, zero losses. Guy's been on the show before. Great story. Uh, nothing has been left to chance. Uh, Dalton earned everything that he's gotten in life. What's up, dude? What's up, guys? How's it going? Good. I was just, uh, um, you know, doing my morning routine, going through the DMs. This dude sends me this video. It's like three minutes long, and usually I just pass on that shit, but it's a guy in a lab coat, black dude in a in a river and I click on it. I'm curious. And he's a scientist studying uh, the effects of chemical fertilizers in this river that's by my house. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, 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 cause I, I live in California by the Salinas Valley, like where they grow all sorts of like, it's I think 50% of the U S agriculture is grown like in my hood, like within a couple hundred miles of me. So he's, he's, he's studying the frogs in there and the dude frogs are becoming girl frogs. Seriously? Because of all the chemical fertilizers. So I, I was like, oh, shit. So I quickly went into my uh, into my bedroom, and my wife's asleep in there, and I put my hands on her big old fucking gigantic CrossFit ass, and I just like just – and she's just laying there. And I felt a physiological, like, change in my body and my emotion and a little movement down there, and I'm like, okay. I haven't had too many strawberries near that river. I'm still good. I was like, fuck. Just don't go swimming in it. Damn, dude. It's crazy. They showed they showed these toads that grew up in that river that were born that were dudes, but that are that have uh, uh eggs. That's insane. I know. Strawberries. My <laughs> God. We live in some trippy times, dude. I know, bro. I know. It's crazy. Ooh. Uh, congratulations on the new contract thank you man i appreciate it is it um is it a stress relief so you you signed for four fights in 18 months yeah yeah where'd you find that at did i tell you that no i just been watching every like last night i just watched like four hours of dalton rasta interviews i searched (laughs) the internets oh yeah so yeah four four uh fights 18 months um it's like has championship language so there's the potential for a, a championship fight in the contract you know win three fights i'm assuming the fourth would be that uh but at that point we'd probably renegotiate for another contract but uh yeah making more money uh fighting guys in the all in the top 10 i mean unless they can't get somebody to fight me you know they were struggling before but now they they finally got romero cotton to 
except in where a week out and he still hasn't pulled out. So uh, we'll see going forward. Um, you're ranked number eight right now. Yep, and he's ranked number seven. And it, and that's in the 185 pound class. Yes, sir. And you're both undefeated. Yes, both six and up. And and I and I heard you talking about his record the other day. He took a slightly different path than you did. Yeah, or, or not his record, but but his his opponents. Yeah, I mean that's part of his record too. But yeah, his strength of schedule, not like mine is. You know, there's two big differences with my record and his record. Um, one, I mean, we both wrestled in college, but he decided to go straight from college wrestling to the pros. They approved it because of his level of wrestling, his pedigree. I chose to wrestle as an or fight as an amateur, and I fought seven amateur MMA fights and eight amateur boxing matches. So I got plenty of fighting experience, not just the wrestling experience. I did a bunch of jujitsu matches, other stuff. So experiences there on the amateur end of that. On top of that, in my pros, we, we have the same amount of pro fights, but uh, I have the amateur experience, like I said. And in my pro fights, I took up steps in competition a lot earlier than he did. You know what I mean? My my third fight was against five and one or six and one Ty Gorder, you know, a very good striker. Uh fight right after that, Tony Johnson, nine and two, uh wow. and ten and one is professional boxer. Uh last fight, you know, which I think was the the least skilled fighter out of my past three. I think Ty Gorder and Tony Johnson were much better than Dwayne Johnson, but Dwayne Johnson's still, you know, a good striker, a tough opponent, uh, six and two record where if you look at his opponents, it's like, and I kid you not, if you go look at topology, share dog has got, it's like he was climbing a set of stairs. Cause he was doing his first fight was against a debut guy, zero and zero. Uh, second fight was against a guy that was one and one third fight two and two, fourth fight, three and three. And then his fifth fight, he took a step up in competition against a guy named Justin Sumter, who was seven and three. But the guy had absolutely no grappling or whatever. He was purely a striker and no takedown defense, no wrestling, no grappling. So it was a favorable matchup in in, in that aspect for him. And uh, then his last fight, he regressed. He went from a seven and three guy back to a five, six and one. Yeah, that's five, crazy. When I heard yeah. you say that in an interview, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, five, six, and one, and the dude hasn't fought. And I, I rechecked. It was, it was 13 years. He hadn't fought since 2009. That's and bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, so 13 Why years Why is off. Bellator making those kind of fights? So, um, you know, there it's a development. He was on a developmental contract, and I was at first for my first three fights. And it's uh-huh. to get you experience into each fight supposed to be a step up in competition to gradually build you. But like he, you know, just kept running with it. You know what I mean? He didn't. It seems like he didn't want to step up in competition with me. I was asking for to get out of my developmental contract after my first fight. You know, uh, my first fight, I fought a guy that was one and one. Uh, second fight, I fought a guy that was uh, 2-0. and And then my third fight, I fought a guy that was 1-1 uh, and or 2-1 and again. But my, my original opponent was 4-0. and And I was 2-0 at the time. My original opponent was 4-0. and And he backed out. And then they went through like three or four different opponent changes for that fight. And Mark Gardner, who's 1-1 and or 2-1, and whatever his record was, I forget, uh, ended up being the only one that signed, it on the do- signed on the dotted line. So... I couldn't help that. But, uh, I mean, if you look at, like I said, the strength schedule of my 
opponents and his completely different. You know what I mean? They, he never took the step from competition. It seems like he really milked his developmental deal. You know what I mean? And uh, this that last one was just kind of, I mean, that was kind of bad. 13 years Where's off. he trained? Where, do you know where, where, where's this guy trained? Uh, American Kickboxing Academy. So it's a very good gym. It's in Florida. It's one of the top gyms in the country as well. Uh, they have great fighters there, great coaches. Uh, but, you know, even even with him being at a gym like that, you haven't seen his game evolve much. You haven't seen his striking get too much better. He's still off balance. You know, he's green. And don't get me wrong, this is MMA. You know, anybody can land a lucky punch or anything. But he's just his, – his striking has, hasn't evolved. Is he a big and, dude? Is he big for 185? I don't believe so. I think he's he's listed at like 5'10". You know, he might be 5'10", but I he doesn't look like it to me. He may be 5'8", 5'9". And I've seen a couple or a couple of my teammates fought on the same show as him, and they said he's small. So uh, I, I watch interviews on him too. You know, I do my research on my opponents. I watch interviews, watch what they're saying. You know, I watch their fights. Uh, he has wrestling film that I was watching and stuff too. I was doing every bit of research I could. And, uh, he, he was saying like in his interviews that he doesn't cut much weight. Like he, first he was saying he walked around at like 205, 210. And then he was saying like, oh yeah, I'm small. I don't, I don't really cut any weight at all for, for 185. And it's like, so there's like mixed, you know, uh, mixed responses there. So right. I don't really know, but I mean, just from the looks of it, you know, he doesn't look very big. You know, and uh, he's he's probably athletic, but not not very big. Uh, Andrew, um, go, go work out. Just quit being a pussy. Go work out. You can stare at Dalton. You can stay. You can stare at Dalton later. Just go get fucking get it. I already grabbed a handful of ass this morning. That was my workout. Uh, <laughs> when you when you sign the contract for, for for these, is it kind? Is it a trip? Is it like? What do you mean? Uh, part of it is like you're stoked. Okay, I got four fights, but another part is stressful. It's like when I see my podcast schedule. I hate to compare talking to people to fucking mashing other men, but when I see my podcast schedule and it's full for the next two weeks, like part of me is like, yeah, this is cool. And another part of me is like, oh shit, I got to learn stuff about all these motherfuckers before they come on the show. So like you have four fights as part of you like ecstatic, but another part of you is like, it's a commitment. It's like you see your, you see your work laid out ahead of you. No, not so much because it's not like my opponents are lined lined up. Like, all right, you got this guy the first fight, and this guy the second, and this one third, fourth, etc. Uh, it's more it, it's a fight at a time, really. You're si signed for a four fight contract, but there's no. I mean, and it's sixteen or it's eighteen months. Yeah. But they can give it extensions if you get injured. You know what I mean? So, like, if I got injured and I was out for six months, obviously they wouldn't be able to fulfill their eighteen month contract, so they would give me an extension at that point. So in, in regards to time, it could be, you know, manipulated a little bit. And as for opponents, you know, they can change on the fly. You know, I, I if you win your there. next three, though, I, I mean, you just look at the math and, and your fourth fight, you will be fighting for the title. I mean, it'll be it'll be hard. Not oh, I mean, yeah. the hype around you will be insane. You're kind of in control of your own destiny. You could see the path to the title already right now. Right. Yeah, for sure. And uh you know, three more fights. That's plenty more experience for me uh, to, and a lot more time, obviously, to become more skilled uh, and more experienced in the cage. And uh, yeah, so hopefully, hopefully the fourth fight is for a title.
Um, how, how did you get um, this thing? Uh, that's from sparring. Uh, wait, this it's on this one. Uh, that's from sparring. Uh, I sparred twice this week, Tuesday and Thursday. I don't know which day it happened, but uh, you know, over over the course of camp, you train, you spar two to three times a week. You know, for eight weeks, you're bound to get a black eye here and there. You know what I mean? So that's just some dude. Just that's that's not like it. That's someone punched you. That's from stand up. That's not like on the ground. Someone put a knee on your face or something. Or maybe. It wouldn't be a knee on my face, but it could be from the ground. You know, if we were on the ground and he hit me with a punch on the ground or if we clashed heads or, you know, I caught an elbow or like whenever I shot on him, I hit my knee off. There's several different scenarios where it could have happened. I don't know exactly when it happened. I didn't feel it. You know what I mean? But obviously it, it was, uh, you know, a good enough hit or bump, whatever the hell it was to, you know, give me a little bit of a shiner. So. Uh, so what Dalton is saying is Sevon's schedule is harder than his. Yes, mine's much harder. It seems like it. You have to talk to people all day long. I get uh, tired of that after 30 minutes. Oh, God, I fucking hate it. How is how, how am I in this thing that I love doing that I fucking hate talking to strangers? Bellator 283. How do, how do people watch Bellator? Is that Showtime? Uh, yes, it's on Showtime. So uh, mine, however, mine will be the... Uh, featured prelim fight. So that means like the prelim main event, the fight right before the main card, that'll be on YouTube live. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. So awesome. that'll be free for everybody to watch and uh showtime. I think you need to have subscription for. So, so, so you uh, just go to YouTube, type in Bellator and then on YouTube, click on their channel and it'll be there. Yeah. Specifically Bellator 283. But okay. if you just type in Bellator in the YouTube search bar, it's going to show up at the top. It'll be like, Bellator 283 Monster Prelims. And then you click on it and you can start watching. And, and where is the fight? Uh, it's in Tacoma, uh, Seattle. Oh, shit. You got it. You got it. When do you leave? Uh, I leave Monday morning. My flight leaves at like 7.55 a.m. So I'm going to be leaving from my house at 5, 36 o'clock. And, and you're in Florida? Yes, I am in uh, Coconut Creek. So I'll be leaving Fort Lauderdale. Have a layover in L.A. And then uh, heading up to Seattle from there. So I'm going to be traveling uh, all day. And then you, um, so you go, you're going into zombie land, um, fentanyl land, and you fight on Friday, which is five days away. Yes. So tomorrow you start kind of working on your uh, weight. You start the journey into the weight cut too, right? A little, a little more strict, like the next level of it. I mean, to be honest with you, my weight, it has come down a lot during this camp and I honestly didn't mean for it to, you know, there's been days where I've actually even been up in my calories and I keep losing weight, dude. I mean, I'm like 192 pounds right now, 193 pounds. Oh shit. Yeah. It's lighter than usual, but you know, I'm going to try and actually gain like another pound or two, uh, before fight week. But you know, I'm kind of playing with the idea of just like staying here that way. I don't have to cut as much, but at the same time I want to be bigger but then on the opposite end of it, if I stay lighter, you know, I'll be quicker. That that couple extra pounds actually does make a difference, you know, tenths of a second. Uh, and in this game, you know, tenths of a second, there's like inches, they they add up. You know what I mean? Is it is it a good life um, you're, you're living right now, Dalton? Oh, yeah, it's wonderful, man. Uh, you know, I couldn't I couldn't ask for uh, to be in a better position. You know what I mean? I. From training to just, I mean, training with the best in the world. I just, you just had my picture pulled up that was with uh, 
Johnny Eblen. He's the current Bellator champ in my weight class. Uh, he's my teammate that we spar all the time. He's one of the people that helped me get ready for this fight. Motherfucker um, looks old as shit. It looks like, does he come in there with a walker? How old is that guy? <laughs> he's 30 years old. He, lo he looks like he could be my twin. 30. Uh, he, doesn't look, he doesn't look that old. He's 30 years old. Hey, you should not stand next to Dalton. Uh, I'm just busting on him. Yeah, so it is, so it is a good life. And, and when I say good, it's interesting. Your life is hard the way you like it to be hard. Mm -hmm. But it's hard. Work. It's it's an enjoyable work. You know what I mean? It's not hard where like, so life's going to be hard whether you want it to be or not. It's going to be hard because you're going to be in a position where you don't want to be. Or it's going to be hard because you're forcing yourself to make it hard so you could be in a better position later. So, um, you know, you got to choose your heart. You know I, what I mean? I hear you, but but you're a different breed. You're the kind of guy where you and your uh, what was your what was your girlfriend's name again? Gina. Gina, you and Gina will be walking somewhere and see a flight of stairs that that's goes up six stories, and you'll look at her and be like, "You want to race." And you guys will race to the top. Trust you, me, I trust me. I do not fucking do that. If we're no, not with no. If me and no. Gina are going out somewhere and there's a set of stairs, she's taking the stairs. I'm taking the damn elevator. <laughs> I'm too exhausted. To train All right. Myself. All right. Is that what you mean? Oh, oh shit! What happened? Oh, there it is. Okay. Um, okay. It's funny. My mom was like, you're always trying to put words into people's mouth and make people seem like th in a way that they're not. And I was just doing that to you. I just pictured you as the guy who would always just like, no matter what, like, like you're comfortable working hard. Yeah. That's where you're most happy. There, there's a time and place for it for me. You know what I mean? I work hard. I put all my energy in at practice. You know, if I, if I'm using my energy elsewhere, you know, I feel like I'm wasting, uh, you know, th this point in my, in my life where, I, I can be dedicating all my energy and all and all my time towards training. If I'm using it elsewhere, you know, I, I see it as a disadvantage to myself. So um, even something as simple as that, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not like if, if we're doing it for fun or something, sure. But it's not going to be something I do all the time. You know what I mean? I might look at the stairs and be like, you know, I have practice in two hours. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to chill out. You know, I'm going to take the elevator. So uh, I'd rather put the work in at practice and do all the, you know, correct things outside of practice, resting, recovery, et cetera. How old are you? I'm 26. 26. Uh, do you think you'll get these four fights in 18 months? Like, is that, is that, is that, no, I mean, that seems like a pretty, that's a, it's aggressive, right? Yeah, no, I, 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 I prefer that, you know, honestly, I would rather get four fights in a year, but uh, we're moving in the right direction. So my first contract was five fights in 20 something months. And then my second contract was like four fights in 20 months. And now it's four fights in, and even though it, I haven't had four fights each time, you know, I renegotiated before they were over. Uh, now it's four fights, 18 months. So it seems we're moving in the right direction. I want to be like more active and I've had six months off in this since my last fight. But I think partially that was due to the fact that I renegotiated my contract. So, I was no longer on a, you know, uh, time restraint for my contract. So since I renegotiated and signed a new one, my new one doesn't start until my first fight on my new one. So uh, when I step in the cage on Friday, that's when my new contract starts. So I have 18 months from then to get four fights, you know, on yeah. both ends.
Do they like you? Do the people there like you? Do the Bellator guys like you? Are they, like when they talk about you behind your back, they're like, oh, Dalton's cool. Oh, he's easy to work with. Oh, he, like, people watch the show when he's on. Oh, he does a lot of good press. Yeah, I'm, I mean, some some of the uh, some of the media guys and stuff like make it known to me that they like me and they they talk highly of me. I see it on social media, but I mean, as for like everybody in Bellator, I can't speak. For right. that, you know, I don't know what they say behind my back, so I don't know. But uh, I know I know some of the people who have gone out of their way to tell me that I'm doing well and they love what I'm doing and how well I handle the press and the spotlight and everything else. And I see the tweets from some of the PR team and the media team and other stuff. So, um, you know, it's definitely, definitely some people at least, you know, but I, I can't speak for everybody there's this there's this um saying you'll be in high school and you know you're a sophomore junior in high school and somebody like i can't wait to get out of high school i'm so sick of like this high school is such a popularity contest and what someone needs to pull them aside right there and put their arm around and whisper whisper into their ear uh it only gets crazier as you get older life just becomes one giant popularity contest it, it really is it becomes about what value you add wherever you go who likes you, if you're easy uh-huh. to work with, if you're not easy to work with, if you have integrity, if you don't have integrity, you know, if you're honest, if you're not honest. I mean, life life ends up becoming a popularity contest. No one, yeah, no, I mean, no one wants to work with a douchebag. And networking is an important skill that you have to learn earlier on. You know, yeah. mean, if you if you just choose to be, you know, like the, essentially the loner, the guy that didn't really person, I should say, that didn't talk to anybody. Yeah. In uh, high school and you choose to continue to go that route, you know, I'm just going to go to work. I'm going to put my nose down, do my work, not talk to anybody. You're not going to get any further. Yeah. You're going to be completing your work and you might, you might get a, you know, raise or you might get uh, a better job or, you you know, a better promotion or something. But end of the day, you're not making new connections. You're not networking. You're not expanding, you know, your own network. So, you you're not going to have the opportunities that somebody that does all of that does. Right. Um, and at the end of the day, like you said, it is a popularity contest, essentially, whether you're, you're in sports or whether you're in a nine to five job or whatever, you know, if your manager likes you, you know, they like your attitude. They, they like how, uh, how well you work with your teammates or your coworkers, uh, how personable you are, you know, and how hard you work, you know, then you're more, uh, you have a better chance of getting a promotion. You have a better chance of getting a raise. You have a better chance of getting a better job or uh, different job offers or meeting somebody that can pro- provide one of those, uh, one of those opportunities for you. You know what I mean? And it, like I said, it doesn't just apply to sports. I'm speaking from the business realm of things or, you know, a nine to five job, which I mean, most people don't want at the end of the day, but sometimes you got to go through a nine to five to get to where you want to be. You, you, you walk into some, someone's house and they have kids or a wife there. You, you, you would be very, and, and you're going to have a long relationship with this person. You'd be smart to go over and, uh, and, and, or, or a husband, you'd be smart to go over and say hi to this, the, the, the spouse, the mate, and always, and always respect their kids, e- even just simple things like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you went over to the president of uh, Bellator's house and he's got kids playing in the other room and you're walking by and you walk in and say, hey, guys, what's up? And maybe like, oh, I had that football as a kid or something. Just anything that's j- just sincere and check in. Those things go a fucking long way. Those things go a long way. Yep. Um, 
uh, that can can you look that way? How is yeah. that thing staying in your ear? Uh, so is that these Air, these are the AirPod Pros? They have like the three different sizes. Yeah, for the uh, the like little earbuds things. Yeah, and um, I think I had to put I, I I don't remember which size I put in, but I had to play with all three. You know what I mean? I put them in. I was like shaking my head. I did a workout with a couple of them. You know to see which one that stayed in the best. But yeah, this one is is giving me trouble still. You know it stays, but uh, not as well as I'd like it. There was a, a company. It looks like it's just floating there. It, it, it kind of is. It's looks like it's in here. It's here. Kinda, yeah, it's not. You know what I mean? You know how this this part, this little white part, is supposed to be like sitting here. Yes. Like right against your face. Yes. Yeah, it's not at all, and it's like not in my ear. You know what I mean? I had this. There's this company, Knockdown LLC. It's a earbud company. They reached out to me and asked me to like the, the like we'll send you a mold. These are uh you know earphones that you get to make like custom oh, make to fit your like ear. you squeeze it and then shove it in and it opens up. Yeah, and then like you that? like keep you, you like keep pushing it against your ear to make sure it gets like all the crevices and everything to yeah so that whenever they get this mold back, they get oh. to digitally create a oh ear, earbud that okay. fits your ear no matter like what, so it won't fall out. Yeah. So long story short, they, they reached out to me like, Hey, would you uh, be interested in doing this to for some posts or if you like it? I'm like, sure. So I thought it was a great idea. A great idea. I was excited about it. You know, I, uh, they sent it. I had the first mold. I couldn't get it to fucking stay in, you know? So I reached out to them. I was like, I can't get it to fucking stay in. And then it hardened. It's like, what should I do? And then they, they told me, uh, they gave me some steps to go through. I tried it again. I was able to get them in, but I really had to like shove them in my ear to get them to stay. And then I had to like hold it against my ear. Whereas in like the video that they, they send you, they give you a little QR code to scan it. It brings up a video, show you how to do it. Yeah. I'd like hold the the molds on the outside of my ears like this. So they would stay. So it hardened like that. So they could actually get like the full uh, mold of my ear before it fell out. And then they didn't have nothing. Yeah. Uh, so I told them that and they're like, all right, that's good feedback because in the video with the guy that was doing it in the video, he didn't hold him. He just like stuck it in and then he pressed against his ear and it just stayed. And then he was like, just leave it for three to four minutes or until it hardens and then pull it out. I had to hold them because if I didn't hold them, it just fell out. Right. And, uh, long story short, I sent him a picture that like, that should be good. Sent it back to him. They're like, they, uh, a week went by. They're like, ah, oh, we have some bad news we weren't able to digitally like recreate your ear canal your cauliflower ear was like worse than what we what, what we thought so, <laughs> uh, yeah so it didn't work but they said let's let's give it another one more try yeah send out another mold uh, i told them to wait until after my fight because by the time they send it here and i send the mold back you know they'll send it here and they'll be waiting here for, for me while i'm at my fight so i told them let's just try it again after my fight so i'm hoping it works again it's a cool idea you know, it's a great idea. Uh, yeah, great idea, especially for people like me. And if it works, it'd be fucking wonderful. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm hoping it does, you know. So we're going to give it another try for my fight. But it was just funny because they were like, yeah, we th your your cauliflower is worse than we thought. And it's, these are custom made, you know what I mean, molds to your ear. And it was like it still wouldn't stay in. So, yeah, those look unreal the way they're hanging there. It looks funny. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty, I mean, it looks cool too, but it, but it's. I'm like, how is that one staying in? Yeah, I'm more of a, the, the beat you know, the, I have a pair of studio beats, but they, they keep breaking, 
you know, and, and not sweat? breaking it. Are you sweating them? Are you sweating them to death? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I wear them when I'm working out and running and stuff like that, but they like the, the battery or something on them keeps, keeps breaking or dying. And it's like, I'll go to turn it on and the little power button will be like blinking red. And then it'll blink with the four blue or white lights. Like it's fully charged uh-huh. and it'll blink like that four times. And then it'll just go back to red and won't turn on. So I- I struggle to get those ones. You, I've had three pair of the pros, and uh-huh. because of this, they're they're so poor at connecting. That's the knockdown right there. That's the ones that they sent me. Those are custom fit. I mean, they look cool. Yeah, Great those idea. do look cool. Those look really cool. Do you have yeah. trouble with those connecting right there to your phone? Like, like it takes three or four or five tries. Yeah. Air, no, no, uh-huh. I don't. Uh-huh. But right. um, yeah, I, I prefer the the studio headphones. But like I said, they just I can't kickbox with them on. Anytime I do a spinning kick, boom, they fly off, you know? Yeah. And then on top of that, like I said, the, the battery, battery keeps breaking. So, and th- those are expensive fucking headphones. I spent 300, 400 bucks on them. You know what Crazy. I mean? Crazy. Yep. Yep. Then they broke and then I can't fucking get them fixed anywhere. So keep your receipt. When you, when you made your debut, um, did I see this right? Your, your first pro fight, you got paid $4,000. Is that right? I ended up getting paid eight thousand, but I was only guaranteed four, so I got four to show and four to win. And uh, so I'm assuming. How do you live off of that? So don't you have to give? I mean, like, so if I pay a guy to teach my kids jujitsu, he charges anywhere from sixty to a hundred dollars an hour. Yeah. And so if you're in the gym with a guy, let's let's say like like is your training cost you five hundred a day because you're in their training with just nonstop with pros? Like how how the fuck did how do any of these guys make money? Even when I hear a guy got a fifty thousand dollar bonus, I'm like, like like so what? If if his if his rent at his house is twenty five hundred dollars a month uh-huh. and, and he has to pay that's just gone right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I um I was fortunate enough to you know, have coaches back where I'm from. They, they invested a lot of time in me and they seen that I had potential and they believed in me like right from the get go. They're like, uh, you know, like, I think you can make it big and I think you could be champ one day, like dead serious is like, I don't say it's about anybody. And they're like, I know you're struggling and you don't have the money and all this other stuff. And, and plus I had to drive, like commute to these gyms. They're like, you know, some of them cut me a deal. Some of them, I mean, some of them didn't make me pay at all. I was only coming like once or twice a week and then going to a boxing gym somewhere else or another jujitsu gym somewhere else. So some of them wouldn't make me pay. Uh, for example, the mat factory at the time, uh, Isaac Grilly wouldn't make me pay. Uh, Armazani Jiu-Jitsu Academy, Lou Armazani, my other jujitsu coach back there, wouldn't make me pay. You know what I mean? And whenever I was in college and I was broke and I was only, and then whenever I turned pro and I was only making four and four, so eight, my first fight and I didn't fight again for another 10 months. They, you know, they didn't make me pay. But also on top of that, I had sponsors that were helping me out. Like for my first fight, uh, my first fight, I honestly don't, I don't think I did that well with sponsors. I only made like three grand in sponsors or something. And it was mostly like Scooter King from uh, Newcastle, Vita Europoli. And uh, uh, they also own Sky King Fireworks. And they, but Bellator was like Scooter King, King, like really like scooters, like, like, like little Honda like at a casino. Or? No, like at a oh. casino, you know, oh. like, uh, oh. like the handicap scooters and stuff that people oh. use. Oh, they'll be scooters. They'll be scooters. Yeah. People, people use those a lot at casinos. They, 
They're in the uh, Rivers Casino in Pittsburgh. They have several casinos. Disneyland. Disneyland's got a million of those. Yeah, I've even seen them. I've seen them down in Florida at the casinos down here in Florida. So, I mean, they're pretty big. But I wanted they they wanted to do this Sky King, the fireworks. The Sky King's a firework uh, place in Pennsylvania. They're all throughout the country too. Yeah. Um, and they wanted to do a sponsor with that, and they could have gave more money, but um, they Bellator didn't allow. So, yeah. Yeah. Those are, oh, Bellator wouldn't allow them to be your sponsor. They wouldn't allow the the Sky King, the firework sponsor. So he owns Scooter King and Sky King, and he did uh, Scooter. Why King. is that? Because fireworks aren't legal in every state. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm I'm honestly not sure. It's just in Bellator's like code. Like for example, they're they're they just restructured their sponsors and they don't allow investors anymore. Investment sponsors. So another one of my sponsors isn't going to be on my uh what what is that what does that mean an investment sponsor yeah so like real estate i mean so i have like a real estate oh investment sponsor okay but if you're real estate and you're not an investor it it makes it's the rules are weird you know if you market yourself as an investor instead of just like a real estate like company it like they you can't like be a sponsor for bellator i I don't know what the reasoning is but avid like adamic adventures he was one of my sponsors for four fights, three fights straight, you know? And then this fight, they're like, Hey, they denied the sponsors. I had to let them know. And I'm like, it sucks, man. But, uh, you know, that's their rules. You know, they just restructured it after my last fight. Who owns Bellator? Who owns Bellator? Viacom. Ah, yeah. So liberals. They're going to get get theirs. You're going (laughs) to get yours. Just stand by and watch people. You think it's okay to publicly hate people? You you watch what happens to you. Man, I just saw. I was going to say something. You like you like LeBron James, don't you? Uh, I like him as an athlete. Man, he's he's not he's not a he's not a good he's not a good human being. He's not a good role model. Not not necessarily what I don't want to say he's a bad human being. You know, he might be a good in his community and everything, but some of the things he's horrible to his community. What would you say his community is black people? No, no, not but I'm saying like um he's horrible to them. Like he built a school, you know? Yeah, okay. And okay, um, yep. You know, he he leads by example with like what his family, like he doesn't cheat on his wife, he's been with her for uh, yep. like since high school and he's never gets in trouble or anything like that. So all that's commendable. All that's very respectable. Yep. So I think he's a great person in those ways, but yep. some of the stuff he stands for and some of the opinions I see him, uh, state and make on social media or in the media period where it's just like, he supports I'm the thinking, victim mindset. He, he's a, yeah. He's a, he, yeah. And he, I'm he, like, I'm like, man, it's, it's like weird to made, me. you made it, you worked hard, you made it like, yeah, put that message out there. Yeah. Other people need to hear that. Other people don't need to hear like a, a billionaire and the best basketball player ever to like be playing the victim mindset. You know, they need right. to they need to hear you like saying like you can make it no matter where you come from, yeah. no matter what your upbringing is, no matter what your situation, you your or your environment, you you can make it out as long as you put your mind to it, you know, and you're you're dedicated, you're committed. Uh, you stay out of trouble like I did. I was never in, in, in any trouble. You can never find anything on on the internet and the media that I was in trouble. As long as you do everything like I did, you can make it. You know what I mean? And you don't have to be a freak athlete. You know, you can make it in uh, business. You can make it, you could uh, go to college. You know what I mean? Study your ass off. 
in, in school, uh, in high school, you know, get a tutor. You know what I mean? If you can't afford a tutor, like there's YouTube videos, there's, there's plenty of outlets that you, you can go to, you know what I mean? You just got to dedicate yourself. And, uh, I think if he uses his platform and his, uh, stage to present that type of information rather than uninformed, uh, political campaigns, you know what I mean? Where a lot of times, a lot of the political stuff that he's saying, I don't even think he researches beforehand. I think he sees a tweet or something or, or, or Facebook status and, you know, or, a a, a meme that has There's a lack of humanity to him too, a lack of empathy and humanity to, to, yeah. to, to, to people's struggles. But I appreciate the, the good things you say about him, about making the school, not cheating on his wife. Those are, I mean, we need role models like that being a good dad. I mean, shit, all that's important. Yeah. It's, it's very important. But like, like I said, there's, uh, nobody's perfect. You know what I mean? I like right. him as a basketball player. I like what he did in, in, uh, for his community and for like, as a role model in those senses that I stated, but there's obviously a lot of things that I disagree with, but I'm not going to hate somebody just because I disagree with some of the things that they, you know, stand for. You know what I mean? We could disagree and I could still find him to be a great athlete and still be a good role model in, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of ways. Well said, well said. Dalton for president. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, you have some kind of like really cliche things going on in your life. Like, like just textbook, like, uh, life was hard and you overcame and you see a lot of great people like that, right? Like I was just looking yesterday, 13% of the billionaires in the United States are you are immigrants. That is fucking nuts. The richest man in the world, a fucking immigrant, Elon Musk, to this country. You had this, you had a very challenging landscape to navigate as a kid, and now you're succeeding. But I like this other thing too. Never you've never smoked or drank. It's never. like it's it's like a PSA. As cheese dick and as fucking lame as it sounds, it is like this is it, people. Like great people don't drink and smoke. Yeah. I mean, they listen, don't, they I don't get, fuck around like that. Sorry. Go ahead. I used to, I used to get shit growing up for that all the time. Like in college, they're like, Oh, you don't know how to fun, know how to have fun girls, you know, making fun of me, people saying I'm lame, whatever. But I'm like, okay, you say that now, you know, what I see now, what I think is, you know, stupid is you waking up the next morning, you know, parked at a red light in a car with four of your friends and you opening the door and puking all over the road. And then shutting in and continue to drive or, you know, uh, having to explain to your, your boyfriend or your, your friends about the bad decision you made because you were intoxicated, yeah. uh, you know, going wrong and, or going home with somebody and regretting it, uh, right. getting in fights as a guy, you know, getting freaking beer balls, you know, and, uh, trying to fight the toughest guy in the bar and then ended up in a hospital. You know what I mean? Right. It's right. like, there's, there's so many. All byproducts uh, of drinking. Yeah. And on top of that, all, on top of that, you know, I did my research in, in high school. So we had writing classes and English classes and all this other stuff in, in, high, in college, just like we did in high school. And I remember for one of the projects, we had to write like a 20 page paper or 50 page paper, one of the two on a topic that like they provide. So we had a list of things that we got to choose from. And then you pick the thing, uh, uh, number out of a hat and that's which number you got to choose. And by the time we got to my turn, I, I think I was like second or third 
And I had all these options on the page. And what I chose was like drugs and alcohol. Cause I'm like, all right, uh, you know, there's a lot more interesting things in here. I could write about sports, all this other stuff, but why not use this time that I'm going to be spending on putting in work and, and writing this paper to learn and educate myself and inform myself on something further, which I already have a good grasp about, but use this as an opportunity to educate myself on something that I'm very passionate about, meaning that I don't want to do drugs or alcohol or anything like that. So I'm going to take it as advantage to, you know, continue my education on it. And I learned plenty of things about alcohol, plenty of things about drugs that like the effects on your body, the effects on sports performance, the long-term effects, short-term effects. Uh, like for example, like whenever it comes to sports, like how alcohol affects your HRV, your heart rate to variance, your, your, uh, rest and heart rate, your respiratory rate, just your recovery in general, uh, your testosterone levels, your uh, glycogen resynthesis, your protein synthesis, your like everything from the, the things that make you a man and support your athletic performance. Like it just runs everything to shit. And then it, it takes your body four to seven days to recover from that. You know what I mean? Just from the short term effects. And then c come four to seven days later, especially in college, you know, people are drinking Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, and sometimes on Sunday, they're drinking four days out of the week. I drank so every night in college for probably four years, every night, and not a little bit. Like, like, And that's what a lot pack. of people do. So yeah. by the time, let's, let's say you're only drinking Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So yeah. you're done, you're done Sunday night, you're resting, you're resting your body from alcohol, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, there's four days, your body's on the low end of possibility of recover, recovery, and boom. You're shocking your system again. You're yeah. getting all the negative side. You're, you're truly never recovering from it. You know what I mean? It's it's affecting your performance in the gym. Perfect is probably affecting your sex life, believe it or not. It's uh you And know, you're it's, wasting it's, your youth. That's the that like I don't know if you ever look back and you're like, damn, I wonder I, I, I maybe I should have maybe I missed out on life and I should have been drinking and just banging tons of hoes. Or because I look back at life and be like, man, I wish I would have never smoked a cigarette only because like, I think of just how fucked up it was. Like, what's the damage I did to my lungs? How much better could I have been if mm -hmm. I never smoked a cigarette? Like you always have the option to drink. I don't have the option to undrink. Yeah. Unsmoke. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Too is, yeah. It's not just cigarettes though. Anything you smoke, it's heating up. It's heating up your lungs. You know what I mean? Your, yeah. your lungs aren't supposed to be heated up above your. Oh, uh, they're not. Hold on. Let me write that down. Temperature. Don't heat up your lungs. Dalton they're not. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not supposed to be heated up exponentially above your, your core body temperature. So like if you're going in a sauna. Yeah. You know what I mean, that that's about the that that's how much your your lungs can handle. Essentially, right. you know, you know, that feeling you get through your nose. When yes. you're on, you're breathing in and it burns. Yeah, you really start breathing bad. like this because it's burning your yeah. nostrils. Yeah. Yeah. And uh that that's that's a a way to see or to feel that you're, you know, you're starting to get too much heat in your lungs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh that, that can be heat sickness, heat illness, you know, heat exhaustion, whatever. Uh you know, not only does it affect your, your, your brain, your, your heart, your, your everything, but it, it affects your lungs. You know what I mean? There's heat exposures good for you but whenever heat exposure is exposed directly to your lungs and your lungs only regardless of what it is i have i see you have vaping pulled up whether it's vaping whether it's cigarettes whether it's weed if you're heating up and ingesting smoke 
that's and it's heating up your lungs it's causing damage to your lungs i've taken a thousand bong rips that burnt my that i felt like burnt my lungs of the three million bong rips i took i feel like a thousand of them fucked my lungs up i wish i'd never done any of that shit a lot of the time the damage is irreversible too you know i mean some of it's reversible I'm, I'm just being honest. I'm just I know. Being honest. I know. I can take it. And uh, I can take it. Yeah. I mean, even if yeah, you were like, to light tissue. a piece of, even if you were to light a piece of paper up, a piece of paper. Yeah. Smoke the paper. Inhale the smoke from the paper. The smoke that you're inhaling, you're inhaling it directly into your lungs, and that's where it differs from like a sauna or anything else. You're literally just it's it, the purposes go directly to your lungs and then back out. You're you're. Um, don't burn shit and inhale the fumes. It's pretty exactly. solid advice. Yeah. Pretty That's solid. It. Yeah. So I had someone tell me one time that, hey, nothing you put in your body is good for you. All you can do is mitigate the, the damage it does. So even if you eat broccoli, it, it's work for your body or a piece of steak or whatever. Your body has to digest it. And it has to work to make it to, to break it down. And there's going to be a byproduct. So put in the cleanest shit in your body so that it's fucking it does the least damage. You have to think of it like that. Not this is healthy for you and this is unhealthy for you. It's all kind of unhealthy, but there's spectrums of it. And I kind of like that because we have to consume some shit, right? We need yeah. some some fuel. But every time you drive your car, you put a little wear and tear on that engine. Every time you put a tank of gas on there, you know, mm-hmm. a few less miles you're going to get out of it. That's for sure. And you have to, you know, do maintenance on your car. Just so you have to do maintenance on your body as well. You know, oil changes. Same yeah. thing with your body. Obviously, you're not putting oil in your body. I mean, it's a, you know, an analogy, but at I, the end of the day, you got to take care of your body. I always tell my friends like this. One of my friends, I'm not going to say his name, but is huge in the car. Mark, I huge. know Mark. He's a good dude. We can say his name. He don't care. He don't <laughs> we'll, care. Mark's we'll, we'll say his alias is Mark, but Mark loves his car, puts thousands of dollars in the car, buying new rims, buying, uh, you know, uh, the side skirts, the spoiler, the stereo, uh, the lovers, the stereo, or stereo, the you know the the front bumper, the the splitter, the rear diffuser, the exhaust system, everything, putting some stuff under his hood, supercharger, all this stuff. Long story short, he's putting thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into his car, but then it's like, hey, do you want to go do? You want to go get him, or you ask him, when's the last time you got a massage, or do you want to go do cryotherapy? therapies you know 40 bucks massage 100 bucks you know for 60 minutes 90 minutes whatever uh that's that's too expensive 100 bucks is too expensive to get a massage done but you could put about five thousand dollars into your car that's depreciating as we speak and it's only causing problems because that now when you go through the car wash all that shit added accessories you put on get all fucked up yeah (laughs) modifying your car is a fucking slippery slope no, it's, I mean, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's cool at the end of the day. It makes it look better, you know, visually, aesthetically. And then on top of that, you know, it could perform better. You know, you're doing air intakes, you're doing, you know, you're, you're, you put a supercharger on it. Maybe you're uh, getting a tune done on it. You know, you're getting the exhaust done, every, everything you can to add some power to it. And yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it might sound better. It might be a little bit faster, but I mean, we, we have speed limits anyways. We're probably going to get pulled over. I've been pulled over several times you know, for speeding. And, uh, that stops when you get old, by the way, I don't get I mean, pulled over I've, anymore. I never I've get got, pulled over. Wait till you get bro, some grays. It's awesome. I've got pulled over probably 10 times in my life and I've probably gotten five tickets and I still haven't stopped. Hey, that's <laughs> not bad. bad I, I used to get pulled over like every day as a kid. So that's not bad. 10 times isn't bad. Yeah. But, uh, 
and I've gotten probably five tickets total and I've never stopped. I mean, I, I think I've gotten a little bit better with it, you know, speeding is that your thing is that your addiction speeding yeah i like i like driving fast i mean i i just like doing things that are a rush you know what i mean obviously i like fighting i like roller coasters i like uh driving fast you know i like uh like gun games video games i like shooting guns in real life you know i having sex in public places no i haven't done that that. i haven't done that uh but Long story short, I like doing things for a thrill. So, I mean, something else I would like to do is probably like go skydiving, you know, at some point. Um, and Not maybe me. in the next, I, I would like to, you know what I mean? Yeah, Just for the yeah. thrill of it. And, uh, th- I mean, that's the type of person I am. Um, you know, I, I don't like doing the same thing every day. I don't like living a boring, mediocre life. You know, I would like to do things like, you know, drive fast some adrenaline rush you know what i mean yeah drive fast skydive roller coasters jet ski motorcycle all that other stuff you know what i mean there's do you a have a motorcycle stuff. do you own a I motorcycle do. i do Uh-oh. i just bought Uh-oh. one recently Uh-oh. i own a harley sportster so oh do you love it yes i love it a lot so uh, no helmet law in florida huh no i mean i so i still have my pennsylvania license because uh-huh. i split time but there is, there's not a helmet law once you have your license in PA, but you have to wear it when you have a permit. Right now, I have my permit. I'm getting my license right after my, yep, there it is. I'm getting my I, license. Oh, that's a nice helmet. I like wearing a helmet. Yeah, I look like a Halo character. With yeah, it's shot. cool. That's a nice helmet. <laughs> yeah. You can see uh, Cody Garbrandt's comment over here. Cool moped. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he had, I don't know what kind of bike he has, but you know he has a big bike, so does he train um, there with you is no he, he's huh? he he was at team alpha male and now he's in oh that's right at extreme couture in uh vegas we're around from the same area he's from ohio i'm from pa so we know each other f- through mutual friends and stuff there um but yeah so i uh that's my first bike my dad actually passed away from a motorcycle accident he got hit by a drunk driver and a lot of people were like you know Oh, that's a bad idea. You shouldn't have did that. That that's a lesson. Your dad dying was a lesson. My dad knew the risks when he got a bike, you know what I mean? But he still got a bike. You know, he loved doing it, you know. And at the end of the day, I'm sure he doesn't regret it. He didn't regret it one bit, you know, when he was in the hospital after he got hit and he didn't even die from a motorcycle accident. He died with from complications from the surgery. But I'm sure when he was in the hospital, he I know didn't that's a crazy bit. story too. He gets yeah. hit and he's alive for two weeks and then passes after two mm-hmm. weeks. That's, that's, that's a tough story. Yeah. He got like septus, sepsis and like his organs started failing and stuff. And uh, like after one of his surgeries, I was in there the day before his last surgery and he was completely fine. You know, like no brain damage, just broken bones in his lower body from like the fall that he took. Uh, he got like launched off his motorcycle, but you know, no brain injuries, no internal ble- bleeding, nothing. Uh, and towards the end of my dad's life, he wasn't as healthy as he was. I mean, my dad used to be a big jack dude and he used to be like super into lifting, super into fitness, everything in the fighting, all that. But towards the end of his life, you know, I think he got to kind of uh, content and let himself go a little bit. So he wasn't the healthiest, you know, don't get, don't get me wrong. He wasn't unhealthy, like super unhealthy, but he wasn't like, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't obese or anything like that. Or I, I would, I wouldn't even push it to say that he was greatly overweight you know what i mean he just had a little bit of a belly he still had a, like you know big arms and shit but he didn't take care of himself as greatly as he did before that and uh, i think that played a part in like 
how his surgeries and everything went and recovery from it. So, I mean, who knows? I'm not a doctor. There could have been complications, everything on their end, but I'm not sitting here to point the finger at anybody, you know, uh, end of the I day. Bet, I bet you, I, I bet you, I hope I know you for a long time. I bet you when you have kids, you, you, you get rid of that bike. No, I don't think so. All right. Uh, I don't think it, so. My dad, is, I mean, my uh, dad had six, my dad had six and he didn't get I know, but you're different. After. 7:52 a.m. on uh, July 16th, 2022. Uh, Dalton and Sevon have just made a bet for 12 million dollars. I bet he'll get rid of his 12 bike. million dollars. Well, well, you know something. We got to put something on. The line. <laughs> it's a lot of money, man. But I don't see myself getting rid of it, man. And like I said, he had we'll six see. kids. He got it after. He got it after the fact. You know, what I mean, he knew all the risks. And but your dad he, was a gangster. You're not a gangster. You're a professional athlete. <laughs> he knew the risks, man. And he rode it for five or six years before he before he got in his accident. So, um, and one hundred percent not his fault. Got hit by a drunk driver. Yeah, pulling out of a. Uh, he was on his way back from work too, M- middle of the day, five five o'clock. You know, and uh, and you don't get millions of dollars from that from the guy's insurance. No, nah, dude didn't mm-hmm. have insurance. Of course. So, and his his like uh, exact. I forget exactly what the details were. I don't know. So I don't know if he had a uh, suspended license. And he didn't have insurance, obviously, because he didn't have – he had to suspend a license. You can't get insurance on a car if you have, you know, suspend a license. Uh, but I don't know if, like, the registration was – like, I, I forget all the details of it. But I remember he was uh, pulling out of a bar, you know. Is that dude in jail? Is that dude in jail? Surprisingly not, man. That was the, you know, the most frustrating thing about the entire thing. Like, after my dad passed, this dude – didn't get any jail time or anything. They went to court, you know, he didn't have to pay anything. It was just like the whole like fucked up situation. But I mean, I'm not going to wish anything bad on that guy. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure at the end of the day, it really Healthy. was, you know, an accident, you know, obviously he was doing things wrong. They shouldn't have been doing in the, in the moment, but he didn't mean to hit anybody. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I, my dad didn't die from the motorcycle accident. He died from the complications of surgery and everything. So, yeah. Damn, you have I a mean, good head on your shoulders. Got you, got to man. You, you should well. fuck with that dude. You should send him a letter. Hey, dude, you killed my dad. I hope you're doing good shit with your life, bro. Oh. Listen, when when, when I, I, I right after all that happened, and my dad passed away. I was so fucking angry from this man. I knew the dude's name. I knew where he lived. Like he was from oh. Sharpsville, Pennsylvania. I, I, I was seriously thinking about like Actually, going there, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like it, it got bad. Like I, I was seriously like, I was so angry for the longest time, you know? And like every single morning I wake up and I was like, just telling myself, don't ruin your life. Yeah. Don't ruin yeah. your life. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. if I would have went there and, you know, said something to this dude and ended up getting in a fight, I don't know if I would have been able to stop myself. You know what I mean? Cause I was so emotional. After my dad passed, and it's just like, I'm, I'm glad at the end of the day I didn't, and I'm glad I was able to like get over it. You yeah, know what I mean, but because did you of get I counseling didn't, for that, did you get counseling for that? No, it's something I dealt with on my own. You know what I mean? And it was there were some issues I had from it for a long time, like uh, you know, in my post personal and social life that I was having problems with. There was consequences of that. And I probably shouldn't have of that anger. You mean boiling in just like leaking yeah, out yeah, all over I the probably, fucking place. I probably should, I probably should have got counseling, probably should have got therapy, you know, it affected friendships, relationships, other stuff like that. Um, so 
Was there a moment that it that it that it that it lifted from you? Like you were in training or you were crying or was there a moment that you actually felt that like 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 acceptance of the situation? Like a, a split second or no, I think oh. it was just over time, you know, gradually yeah. over time, honestly. You know, it doesn't make it any easier. Sometimes I think about it and still get emotional. Yeah. But uh it's like a switch. You know what I mean? But yeah, that the anger from it, you know, just and I think with maturity as like time passed and I mellowed out a little bit, you know, I was, I was aggressive when I was younger, you know, I was with my upbringing. My dad was an aggressive guy, you know, um, how I was raised, where I was raised, my environment. I constantly had to fight all the time growing up, like as a kid, you know, I was a white kid in a primarily black neighborhood and I got picked on a lot. And uh, more, more, more textbook shit, right? It's all just so textbook. No drinking, no, no smoking, lots of fighting. I mean, you basically at 12 years old, you ran away. I mean, you came to visit your dad and never went back. Yes, sir. Getting out of that. When you share this stuff, uh, you, 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 you came on this podcast and we talked about it a lot, but you were recently on the grind cast with your Mm -hmm. homeboy. Yep, Simon. There he is. Um, when you share that, wh- why why do you give so much of yourself? Why do you share so much? I've interviewed fucking forty fighters, and five of you give of yourself. The other thirty five, either they don't know how, or 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 you can't get real with them. Why why, why do you do it? Any reason? I mean, I'm comfortable with it now. You know what I mean? They're like back then. I mean. Five years ago, I wouldn't have shared any of this information. I was so embarrassed of it. You know what I mean? Mm, mm. But there's there's a lot of people, I feel like, and some that are watching, you never know who the video is going to reach. And that some people watching at the end of the day, you know, maybe in the same position, maybe in worse, you know, maybe in a little bit better, but still in a shitty position. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if they're in a shitty position and similar to yours. Maybe they need to hear your story. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, yeah, like he came from the shitty position in life and he you know he made better for himself you know i'm not where i i i want to be yet i still have goals and everything i've i'm accomplished but I'm, I'm i'm definitely well on my way you know what i mean and i'm in a great spot financially i'm you know i'm doing and well for myself and emotionally yeah. right yeah. yeah i'm i'm much more mature um you know every, everything's everything's a lot better now and i mean if, if it changes i know there's a lot of people changing one life doesn't mean anything it's not worth it well if, it, if even if it changes one person's life you know and then you never know down the road they might come up to you and be like hey i just want to let you know like you helped me and i'm like how they're like yeah i, I heard you talk i seen maybe i, I seen you when you were visiting Newcastle and you gave me a little motivational speech and you told me your story and you motivated me or whatever, you never know who's going to affect at the end of the day. And I mean, uh, I think it's a little one, I I think some fighters may be embarrassed of it still. I I was embarrassed of it back then. I'm not anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, it's the truth. There's no point in hiding it. And two, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I have confidence in myself and everything that I'm not going to be embarrassed by that anymore. And if it can help, somebody at the end of the day that might've been in my position or worse or a similar situation. Like I said before, you know, it's, I think it would be selfish not to, you know, share that story and show that you're able to make it out no matter what you went through. You know what I mean? There's this, uh, there's this dude I know he's in his 
70s. One of the smartest dudes I know. He's still handsome at 70. Cool, charming. So many skills. An entertainer. He can sing. He can dance. He can. He's so fucking cool. He knows so much. And he went to jail doing some shit, some gambling, illegal gambling shit with the mob. And someone had to take the fall, and he took the fall for them. This is in Vegas. And, it, and this is like 30 years ago and it fucked him up and he's like embarrassed about it and he shouldn't be embarrassed about it. He should be like coming out and like writing a book about it and talking mm-hmm. about it. And it's, it's, it's so crazy how that shit lingers, right? Like for me and for all the listeners out there, I think hearing your story is cool as shit and we think you're cool as shit for it. But it's interesting how people, we were talking about this yesterday. It's interesting how people internalize shit that they might think is embarrassing that other people actually think is cool. Right. Yeah. So like if I'm a dad and I have a daughter, I'm like, I want her to date Dalton, you know, or if I have kids, I'm like, man, I want them to go to the same academy as Dalton. I want them to get some of that mojo. But for you, like you had to come around to, to seeing it was your gift and not your something to be ashamed of. It's a trip. Yeah, for sure. And like, even when I first started off with MMA, same thing. Like I, like you said, I only made 4,000 guaranteed, you know, I could have showed up and lost and walk away with 4,000. I ended up walking away with 8,000 plus two or 3,000 in sponsors. Thank the scooter King. And, you know, I, I'm, I lived off that for the next 10 months cause I didn't fight for another 10 months after that. So, um, you and know, people don't realize that I heard, I heard you say that in an interview, I'm not getting paid for the fight. I'm getting paid. That money is to, is like back pay for all the fucking training training I did. And I did it for years as an amateur before I finally yeah. got paid. It's like, like, People were like, oh, you must be nice to get paid this and this as a lump sum. And it's like, one, they don't even know how much I'm getting paid because back then I was still getting, I mean, in that first year, I got paid a lot less than the average income, you know, for the average American. And way less. It's like I, below poverty line. You were making like less, like a dollar an hour when yeah, you figured and, it out. And like you, you'd be imagined or you'd be amazed at like, the ignorance of people like the statements that they would make to me uh about like it must be nice doing this or that or getting paid this and it's like bro you have no idea what i'm making i have to pay tax out of my pocket I have to pay for my own insurance i have to like pay for my 401k my own 401k if i want one you know i have to make my own investments for my uh retirement everything and all that's coming out of your paycheck and you're still getting paid more at the end of the day than me you know what yes, I mean? And you have, yes. and you, and you're guaranteed a paycheck at the end of the week as long as you don't get fired. You know what I mean? You get paid every two weeks. I get paid once, twice a year, you know, and I have to live on that. I have to do a lot of budgeting. Like I said, I have to have all those expenses where it comes out of your, your, your company provides all that for you. They provide the 401k, the insurance, uh, you know, death benefit, what, what, all, this, all this other stuff. And you're still getting paid every two weeks or every week. Some people, um, Hey dude, how about the, how about the companies? People don't even realize you, you drink a $5 cup of coffee every day at work and that's 300 days a year. And you just say 1500 bucks. No one's doing that shit for you. Like you got nothing. You are an independent like contractor, everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Everything. And, uh, yeah, it's nuts. Fighters. It's, 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 it, it looks like a really tough road to hoe. Same with gym owners, gym owners too. I don't know how they do it. Another tough road to hoe. Yeah, everyone I just mean, thinks, oh, you have a thousand, you have a thousand customers that pay you, you know, twenty dollars a month to make twenty thousand a month. Well, fuck it, the rent there is fucking five thousand. The toilet paper is another two hundred. The electricity is another thousand dollars. I mean, that shit just vanishes. 
Yeah. And then the same thing with them is like when they first start out, they're not making any money for probably the first couple of years. You know what I mean? They're just getting by, they're just scratching by and it's just with the, yeah. You know, living the in the changing room, right? Living yeah, in the changing room. It's just with the outlook and the hope that, you know, one day it's going to pay off two, three years from now, maybe even five, you know, I'll start making an income and, uh, you know, I'll be doing well for myself, you know, and I won't have to work as much. And it's like, that's what people don't see. It's the risk that you take. Oh, the there's risk. a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of risk with business. There's a lot of risk with what I did. I could have, like I said, went there and made 4,000, you know, and I left a, a job where I could have made six figures in my first year at Northwestern Mutual as a financial advisor to go make four grand guaranteed in my first fight. And then let's say I, that's where the fork in the road was. You were going to go Northwestern Mutual and be an insurance agent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Financial advisor. Or, financial advisor. Yeah. Or uh, that you graduated or, in college with the three, eight and you got a degree in finance. Yep. And it's like people called me crazy. And to me, I was investing in myself. You know, I was betting on myself. It was a risk. And that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of people that don't want to take that risk because they're like, all right, the financial stability of this job. I'm already here. I have the job. Why the hell would I leave to get paid a guaranteed 4,000? And let's say I lost that first fight. Now I got paid 4,000. It's like 10, 10, 10 months later. I, I fought again and I lost again. And then I only got paid 4,000 again. There's 8,000 in my first year when I could have made 100,000 at Northwestern Mutual. And not maybe now Bellator cut me. And then maybe yes. now that maybe now, now you're making $200 fighting in a bar. Yeah. Now maybe since I didn't uh, or I left Northwestern Mutual, you know what I mean? And I haven't worked in a year. Nobody's going to take a bet on me. I'm not going to get an interview. You know, now I'm stuck. You know, that that's the risk that people, uh, pay for you know going out and trying to achieve something like this on their own and when it goes to business you know you put yourself in debt on top of that you know you you have to there's products you have to buy you know you have to pay rent you have to pay your employees all this other stuff and that's why people will complain at the end of the day saying like oh uh these business owners they're not paying the employees enough it's like at the end of the day like they're making there's a profit margin you know most of them are high ceos or cfos that are requiring a, a profit margin that needs to be met you know what i mean at the end of the day people need to know how to know how the supply chain works and how business works and in order to keep the economy going and um at the end of the day the people who made this business and took the risk the financial risk and didn't have anything for 10 years straight before they finally started making yep. income you know it's they get to choose what they're making at the end of the day. And uh, the person that's working with them for them with no degree, uh, you know, no work ethic, trust me, they're not deserving of half of what that person is getting when they're not putting any of the work in. They didn't take the risk and they don't have the work ethic or the education or anything else for it. And it's like to sit there and argue that they do, it's simple minded and it's, you know, it's blasphemous at the end of the day. It's like, you can't, I can't believe that people can actually wrap their heads around that and actually believe that that's fair because it's not. It's interesting taking risk, right? Yeah. And no, barely anybody does it. You know what I mean? It's sometimes yeah. people take the risk and it doesn't pay off and they end up back at a nine to five, you know, and they, they might end up in a shitty, shittier position than when they started. Some people take the risk. And it pays off, you know, and that's the scary part about it. Why people don't want to take the risk because. Uh, will you pull up the no plan B shirt? That's so funny. That's so funny. You say that because I, there is a line in an in a, in a interview Dalton did recently. He said, plan B is uh, plan B is for losers. And I've been explaining to people. It just hit me like a, a couple months ago. I don't need any motivation because I have no plan B. 
I don't need to listen to Goggins or Jocko Willick or Jordan Peterson or Joe Rogan or anyone motivate me because there's, I have, I'm going to send you one of these. I have no fucking plan B zero. It's like just fucking, shirt. but you know what? Also Dalton, it sounds like you believe in yourself. For me, I feel like I'm just kind of dumb. Like, like a, like a Labrador chasing a tennis ball. Yeah, you know you what I mean? Like, like, you I'm don't not really d- think that if you thought that you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. Well, I guess dumb's maybe not the right word. Maybe there's a better word for it, but I'm not, I don't tell myself story. I, I only tell them, I don't, I don't, I don't have what ifs. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm riding a bike, I'm not the kid who looks at the poles I have to ride through. I've always known just look right in the center and get through those poles. You know what I mean? You know, like when you ride mm-hmm. through a narrow spot in a bike, if you look at the wrong thing, you'll fucking hit it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm just focused on what I need to do. I'm not like, oh shit, what if this happens? Oh shit, what if this happens? So I feel like I can't take credit for like that. I, I've just taken risk my whole life, but it doesn't feel like a risk to me. It just feels like I'm focused, like 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 a like a dog looking at a tennis ball. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where I I feel like. Me, I'm always thinking about the what ifs because I'm like, I'm preparing wow. for them. Me, it's like, all right, what if this happens? Yeah. Then this, then I'm going to do this. If this yeah. happens, then I'm going to do this. Like, and uh, like I do that for my fights. Like, it's not about like a, uh, a plan like B in at the all. actual you know fight, I mean? like it's second like, by second. You mean like a chess match? No, I, I, I definitely, no, I definitely do it in the fight. Like, I'm, I'm uh, reacting and analyzing during the fight, but before the fight, I'm, when I'm visualizing, I'm always thinking if this happens, then you got to do this. If this happens, then you got to do this. I'm always prepared for adversity. I'm always uh, prepared for the worst and expecting or expecting the worst and preparing for the best. You know what I mean? And oh, uh, I guess I'm, I do do that. Yeah. And it's always like, if this happens, then I have to do this. It's not like I'm not, I'm, I'm not going into the fight and I thinking like, all right, fuck it. Let's just, let's just fight and let's hope for the best. I'm like, all right, I need to think about this. If if I take a bad shot, what am I going to do? Am I going to go go for broke? Am I going to recover and strategically, you know, evade punches, block, whatever? If if I get taken down, what am I going to do? If I take him down, what am I going to do? If I get put in this submission, what am I going to do? If I get in this position, am I going to get the TKO or am I going to go for a submission? I'm always, you know the the worst and the best i'm thinking through all of it and it's like i've been that like that my whole life and it's like i'm still focused on winning and this is my only plan at the end of the day but i'm i'm analyzing beforehand and visualizing everything that could possibly go wrong and preparing myself for it yeah I, so. uh, what, the, the the best example I can think of in my life is when I got fired, I immediately came home and asked my wife. I was like, hey, because uh, I didn't want to lose this house that I'm in, right? I have mm-hmm. this dope fucking house. It'll be so hard to ever get a house this nice again. I don't want to lose any. I own a bunch of homes. I don't want to lose any of them because I want to give them to my kids. And I go to my wife. I said, hey, uh, if shit gets weird, are you cool just moving into a van and renting out our house? And my wife said, yeah. And that kind of put like that let me that took so much fucking pressure off me to then just get back on track. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Like like yeah. like she she gave the family like a okay like like a, a, I get I guess oh shit fucking up the shirt. I guess I did have a plan B, but it's but it's kind of just like That's not a plan B. That's a what okay, if. Okay, help me that's out. A, yeah, that's that's okay. a what if. That's not a plan B. You're not completely changing your plan. You know no. what I mean? Your plan is still 
But but I know where the fire extinguisher is. If shit fucking yeah. gets weird, I'm run over, grab that thing, and fucking. Yeah, it's just you. You know, there's different streets to right. one destination. Right. I guess the plan is still to keep the houses. Yeah. If your destination's yeah. here, if your yeah. destination's here. The fastest way there is a straight line. You know right. what I mean? But you can take the right. You 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 could take a right and then take okay. a left and then take another left to get to that straight line, or you could take a left and then a right and then another right, or you could fucking take an angle or you can cut through for a fucking shortcut. I mean, yeah. there's different ways to get to your destination you can get right. there by train you can get there by plane you can get there by, by fucking car by boat whatever it's i mean these are all analogies obviously but at the end of the day it's the same way with your your dream and your goal at the end of the day in in real life you know there's different ways to get there so if you get sidetracked or you you get a bump in the road and you get a flat tire you got to fix that tire. You got to be prepared for that. You got to have your fix a flat or you have to have a fucking tow truck on fucking standby or, you know, your, your triple a or your insurance, whatever you, you, you still are planning to get to your destination, right. but you have, uh, things in place to help you get there. Have you, if you have any adversity, you know right. what I mean? So it's not a plan B at all. It's just your insurances. Um, do you do you do you do you love what you do you do oh, i love it man I, listen i wouldn't be going to the gym and getting black eyes and getting cauliflower i mean this trust me this shit ain't fucking pretty you know what i mean this ain't this ain't winning me over any ladies or anything at the end of the day you know it didn't win me over gina uh you know the busted up teeth i have chipped teeth and everything you know i i get scratches on my face i get cuts black eyes i got scar tissue all over the place you know it's, it's at the end of the day, I'm not doing this for, you know, the, I'm not doing this for the money. You know what I mean? I'm doing this for both the, the legacy and the glory of it for myself, yeah. for the yeah. love of it. You know what I yeah. mean? I love it. Yeah. At the end yeah. of the day, at the end of the day, I don't love it just enough to, you know, just go in there and have fun. You know, I, I am also doing it for glory and legacy where I, I'm going into practice and I'm like, all right, today's going to fucking suck. I might be tired. You know, I might just want to quit halfway through the fucking round if I'm getting my ass beat, but I'm not going to, I'm just going to fucking push through it because that's what champions are going to do. And that's, what's going to get me to my goal at the end yeah. of the fucking day. You know, I might go into a wrestling practice where it might be brutal. It might fucking suck. You know, I might be getting my ass kicked. I might feel like shit that day, you know? might have slept like shit i might have ate like shit the day before i might be sick i don't know whatever it is i'm gonna go in there and push through it no matter what because i know what my goal is at the end of the day and if i don't do that i'm not gonna get there and that's what i'm saying these these what i'm talking about these references i'm making are all uh bumps in the road you know uh me going into practice and feeling like shit and not having the best gas tank or being fatigued that that's a flat tire that I got to fix, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me, me going into practice sick, you know what I mean? Or m maybe I have a stomach bug or, or whatever, whatever it is, you know, I'm not feeling the greatest, you know, may I made a wrong turn, you know, I got to get back on, on, on the correct road to my destination. It's, uh, it's all at the end of the day, that, that's what it is to me. And it's not a plan B. You know, those are adversity. That's adversity and you're yeah. preparing for it. I have a so, bad, I have a bad podcast, but I, but fuck it. You move on to the next one. And I know I did my best. I know I pushed through. Yeah. And I mean, everybody has a bad day. You know what I mean? I enjoy your podcast, but, uh, 
you know, what you think might be a bad bo- podcast might be good to somebody else. Right, right, same, right. And that's sense. always weird too. That's always yeah. weird too, right? So you, you, you might feel like shit in the same sense going to practice one day, but maybe the coaches saw something out of you that they didn't see before. Right. You know what I mean? So it's all relative. You graduated high school with a 4.7. Did you – was that hard? And have you learned to leverage your ego against yourself? Do you know what I mean by that? Like uh, not let your ego get out of control but leverage it, like play it against itself to force you to do better. I'm going to try to think of an example. Well, t- tell me, why did you get a 4.7? Okay, so I – my like to pr- like like when you want to prove something to someone. Let's say someone says something about you, and you know it doesn't really bother you, but you mm-hmm. still use that to kind of manipulate yourself. It's almost like having an out of body experience. Yeah. Like you you, it doesn't really bother you, but you want to take it and leverage your ego with it. Like kind of like fuck with yourself. Almost like you're a split personality person. I do that a lot. I feel like leverage my ego against myself. Like to make yeah. myself do stuff I don't want to do. Yeah, so I mean, if you want to be completely honest with you, like my freshman year, eighth grade year, seventh grade year, and and high school and junior high, I like was getting A, Bs, and Cs. You know what I mean? Like just passing. I'm like, all right, I just pass, fuck it. You know, like I don't care about school. You know, I want to go to college, play football. I want to go to college to wrestle. I want to become. I want to go to NFL or go to UFC or professional fighter. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, that's what I want to do. So give a fuck about school. You know what I mean? But I knew I was capable if I put in the work, I could do whatever the hell I set my mind to. And my dad knew that. So my dad's seen these report cards instead of like, you know, punishing me or anything like some other people, some other parents might do to their kids. He like offered me incentive. And, you know, like I said, I, I grew up poor. My dad didn't have much enough or much money. So like, he was like, if you get all A's every nine weeks, I'll give you a hundred bucks. If you get all A's and all B's, I'll give you 50. And it's like, at the time, I didn't think much. I like, I was like, all right, a hundred dollars a lot, you know, every nine weeks. And then, but now that I'm thinking, I'm like, my dad really didn't have a hundred dollars to just give out. You know what I mean? But at the time I'm like, incentive wise, I'm thinking, okay, he's giving me a hundred bucks to make all A's. All right. Yeah. I'm going to do my homework now. I'll study a little bit for my exam. I'll get all A's. And that's exactly what I did. And that was the incentive at first. And then eventually that taught me that not only are you getting like a monetary, reward for it but you're also being rewarded on your your report card you're you're getting recognition in the paper you are getting uh you know scholarships from from colleges you know there's a a whole lot of rewards that you're getting from it just because you decided to fucking put in the work you know what i mean and looking back on it now on a set of things my dad didn't have a hundred dollars to give away but somehow he was like finding it in him to give me a hundred dollars every nine weeks in order to get straight A's that's because he wanted me to do better. You know what I mean? And just like, now that I'm thinking about it now, you know, that, that motivates me when I do better in whatever else I'm doing, if I'm having a bad day or I'm feeling like, you know, I'm not pushing hard enough or whatever, uh, you know, that in, in that aspect that he w- went out of his way, did something that he was almost unable to do completely just to better me, you know? And at the end of the day, um, like I said, it's like not just that monetary reward, but knowing that that he was almost unable to give the hundred dollars and he still did uh, just to help me get better. Plus all of the incentives with, you know, the recognition from the paper and the uh, scholarships and then not having to sit out of football games and everything from bad report cards and it didn't take that much more effort. 
if we're being honest, like all at the end of the day, all I had to do was apply myself and to see all of the rewards that came from it, you know, really yeah. to do better in the future with everything else, you know, and uh, sooner or later, honestly, he probably wouldn't even have to give me the hundred dollars every nine weeks. I, I just wanted to get A's. I was the, the feeling of self-accomplishment, like, our, uh, yes, I'm getting like straight A's out of 4.0, above a 4.0 once I got into the honors classes and everything. It's like the feeling it gave me of accomplishment without the money, without the recognition and everything, just myself, you know, without all the exterior and external stuff, it, it felt phenomenal. You know what I mean? And then all of the external stuff just added on top of it. So, um, I think that it was great for me. And I think with everything else in my life, football, sports, it helped me apply in that aspect as well. Confidence just rolling down the hill. You get a few A's, start believing in yourself, get more A's, start doing better at football. Start just, yeah, it's good. Yeah. And um, did everyone at school know, were you the smarty pants? Did everyone at school know that's the, that's the 4.0 kid? No, 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 they, everybody thought they I was a jock. Everybody thought I was stupid. And then whenever they see my report card, they were all super surprised. You know Crazy. What I mean? And yeah. like, you yeah, kind of like that. That's kind of fun too, right? Yeah. Kinda like the know, magic I, trick, <laughs> you know, especially when people were condescending and yeah. like all the time they had that like type of attitude, you know? And then like, you know, you don't say anything about it, but then like on report card day, everybody's like asking like, Oh, what'd you get? What's your GPA? Blah, blah, blah. And then, whenever the, the person that was always condescending or always had an attitude towards you or always tried talking you, down on you or belittling, belittling you, you know, they asked you, Hey, what'd you get? Blah, blah, blah. And I show them, they're like, how the hell you, the reaction was always the best. How the hell did you get a 4.5? How the hell did you get a 4.7? And I got a 3.4. How'd you get an A in this class? How'd you get a 99 in this class? Now they got an 89. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, you know, this, this is what's going on, but I don't rub it in your face every day. Like you rubbed it in on me. Right. You know what I mean, but if I choose to rub it in now, you know, then I'm, I'm the one with the ego. I'm the one that's full of myself. I'm the one that's arrogant and cocky and all this other stuff, but you were never any of that when you were rubbing it in every day. You know what I mean? So it's all about, perception. <laughs> it's all about perception right. at the end of the day. You know what I mean? People label people cocky, arrogant, uh, overconfident, whatever they, they want based on how they're feeling. You know what I mean? Where I feel mm. like if they, if those people were also confident, Yes. They yes. wouldn't be labeling yes. another confident person arrogant yes. or cocky or any of that. Yes. But if that yes. person's insecure, wow. if that person's insecure and then somebody else is confident, then they're quick. Or if they have a reason to call that person cocky or arrogant because they are, you know, better in one aspect in this term in this uh scenario, grades, yeah. you know, they're quick to like, all right, you're cocky, you're arrogant. But it's like, oh, that's not what it was before you seen my report card. Right. You know what I mean? Before you see my report card, you thought you were getting better grades than me. I wasn't cocky or arrogant. I was but always now- attracted to people my whole life who other people thought were arrogant. And I was like, I don't, I don't see, I just don't see the arrogance. I think of arrogance as kind of like being mean. I don't, but there's a total, like one of my, the, one of the most um, uh, confident people I ever met was this uh, uh, arm wrestler, Travis Bajan. Arm wrestled all over the world and he so believed in himself. He so believed in himself. And even after he lost, if, if he would lose, he'd be confident. He just at the table, he'd like bow to the person. You know what I mean? And he was just so fucking confident. And people would be like, he's arrogant. And I don't like him. I'm like, I just don't see it. I yeah, think it's not like, arrogance. That, that, that aura that yeah. like, people give off, like before when you walk in a even, room. Even Connor, I, in, in Connor's early year, people would be like, he's arrogant. I'm like, yeah. I don't see it. 
Yeah, he's confident. I, yeah, people I don't expect, see it. People expect athletes to go in and tell people that they're going to lose. Yeah. Or they have a chance at losing. It's like, one, that's not the right mindset. Yeah. Two, no athlete that's actually competitive in their right mind is going to say that. Right. Three, three, a lot of the time, they're not even saying anything. It's just their aura about them. They walk in a room. And it's When you walk in a room, before you say anything, the body language, you're – your attitude, the way you carry yourself, yeah, yeah. it gives off an aura. It gives off a statement. You know what I yeah. mean? It's People a lot of the time will take that aura because it makes them feel insecure or right. inferior. You come in like a rooster in. and all the other roosters are like, oh, fuck. Yeah, and, and they you walk in and then all of a sudden they feel insecure. They're quick to label you cocky or arrogant. When yeah. you're not, they're just insecure. You know what I mean? And they finally yeah. found out in that moment that they were. And I mean, yeah. there's obviously scenarios where this isn't true and somebody is cocky or somebody is arrogant, but a lot right. of the time you see people labeling based off of how they feel. Yeah. And that, that's the honest to God's truth. And yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course it, it, it's textbook. It's, it's like a psychology one oh one, right? You, yeah, you, have, four feet, you have one finger pointing about. at you, but four pointed back at me. Right. Yeah. It, it's uh, something that people don't talk about enough and therapists and psychologists and everybody don't talk about enough, but it's well known in the psychology uh, yeah. department, you know what I mean? But they, they isn't talked about enough projection. Uh-huh. Uh, we're, uh, uh, thank you. I've taken so much of your time. I want to, I want to, I know, I know the, the audience is really going to love this next subject. So I just want to touch on it really quick. This is really fucking cool. In, in one of the re- interviews I, um, uh, watched you recently, uh, you said that it's, it's not unheard of for you to lose 10 pounds in one hour. Like you can, that's how much water weight a man of your size and your ability and your fucking metabolic capacity, just how hot you run your engine can lose. And you also mentioned, um, uh, in fight camp, uh, limiting yourself to 2,200 calories a day for yeah. fight camp. And, and, and you, and you kind of estimated that that would be training in an 800 calorie a day deficit. Is all of that accurate? Yeah. Well, I would say I'm probably, that, that'd probably be at a thousand calorie deficit and uh-huh. i've been uh trying to get at least 2000 calories a day but okay. saying under 300 so like the average, under 3000 no uh, under 2300 oh, so oh, oh. what i what my my goal is on average is to be at 2200 but some days you know i'll be at 2100 even 2000 you know and i'm not hungry and i'm like all right you know i'm not going to stuff myself and I'm not going to add extra food if I don't have to, you know, I'm about to go to sleep soon. I don't want it fucking with my sleep, you know? Right. And so there's, there's obviously, you know, uh, times that I don't do the 2200 exactly, or there's a days where like, I'm, I'll be at like 2150 and or even 2200 right on a dot and I'm hungry or I'm feeling drained or something. And I'm like, I have a hard training the next day. I'm like, all right, I'm going to up my calories a little bit, but still try to keep it in a, a deficit, you know, even if it's a 200 calorie deficit, you know, whatever, uh, as long as I'm at least maintaining the weight where I'm at. And, uh, yeah, so I mean this, this camp, it's, it's been, it's been the same, but, uh, I have, like I said, the, the weight's been dropping like crazy, like more than it usually is. And I think that's just a, you know, indicator that like my training has been a little bit different. I, I've, been training. I mean, I always train as hard as I can, but I, I hit, I feel like I hit a new gear. Wow. This camp. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, feel, I feel like I hit a, hit a new gear and that I didn't have before. And, 
Yeah. So. Will that show and pressure that you put on the guy? Where will we see that in the fight? If if, yes. if if you have to tap into that new gear, where will we see that? Uh, so I think if if it makes it to the third round, I think that's where you're gonna see it. I mean, that new gear, I feel like it's gonna be the endurance and the cardio whenever I am tired. You know, because no matter what, we're gonna get every fighter is gonna get tired during a fight. It's just whether they can push through it or not. So I think in the third round where we start fading normally, I think you're going to definitely be able to see the difference between our cardio and our ability to still produce power and strength and speed at that point in the fight. And, um, I mean, I don't think it's going to get that far. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, he's a great wrestler. Um, he's six and oh, obviously he uses it well during his fights, but his, his, his level of competition has not been as good. And uh, his striking is still very green. It's still very new and inexperienced on his feet. So I don't think he's going to push me to that point. I don't think it's going to make it to the third round. I believe I'm going to finish him at the end of the first round. Um, you know, that's my goal. If it makes it the second, you know, I I still want the finish. If it makes it the third, I still want the finish, you know. Um, at the end of the day, a finish is what I want. It's not what I need. It's what I want. But uh I won it in the first round, but I don't think he's, he's going to push me to that point. I think I will finish him before then. But if he does, if I'm ready for a war, you know, it's like I said before, expect the worst and hope for the best, you know, I'm expecting a war. And if, if he, if he's ready for a war and he can push me to that point, let's go. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, uh, the, like the Spartans used to say, come back with your shield or on it, you know, and that's how I'm going into this fight. <laughs> uh, Bellator 283, that's this Friday. The next time it's Thursday night, everyone should go to sleep excited because when you wake up the next day, it's going to be Friday, and you're going to go over to YouTube, and you're going to put on the Bellator channel, and you're you're going to be like, holy shit, I know this guy from the Sevon podcast, and we're all going to cheer him on, Dalton Rasta, 185 pounds, 6-0. and 0. Brother, you're always so generous with your time, your honesty, your sincerity, and uh, just let me, it's, it's, an, it's, it's cool as fuck to hang with you, dude. Yeah, thank you, man. I hope I didn't bore anybody to death with how long. No, we not were. me. Blue, it blew by. I would still talk to you another hour. I'm taking my kids to tennis. <laughs> yeah, I uh, man, don't forget about that twelve million dollar bet, motherfucker. I'm not. I don't know if I'm ever gonna have twelve million dollars. Yes, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And you can be right, getting brother. rid of that motorcycle. Be like, and you can be holding your twins that Gina gives you. You can be like, how did you know, Sevon? By then, I'll be like seventy five and shit. You give me probably like a two dollar bill and I'll be excited. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, bro. I don't think I'm getting rid of that uh, motorcycle, bro. I don't. Okay. I don't think so. No, it's a good bet. It's a good bet. Maybe I'll just get a bigger one. It's a good. Oh, it's a good. It's a good bet. All right, brother. Uh, Jody Lynn says not boring. All right, well, dude. Thank I you, will. Jody. I will see you soon, and um, uh, I'm going to text you and get your address. I want to send you some shirts. And if you don't like them, uh, you can give, give them to somebody. Gina can wear them as a night shirt. Uh, awesome, thank you, man. I, I, I mean, if those, uh, if that no plan B is one of them, for sure, gonna like it. Yep, awesome. All right, later, brother. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Yep. Woo, we're lucky. Damn, we're lucky. Love that guy. So cool when they come on here and just let it all hang out. Oh, shit, I'm late. 8.31. Tennis starts at 9, 20 minutes away. I'll be rushed. I'll just take it out on my kid. Uh, I don't think uh, I have a podcast tonight. I can't show you who's uh, working the back end because it's top secret. Um, fucking nothing for you. 
Uh, let me see. I'm going to pull up the calendar. Uh, oh, yeah. So, wait. Oh, yeah. Oh, Sunday. It's not on the calendar yet, but Sunday morning, tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., we're going to do uh, have uh, Andrew Hiller back on for the Hiller Fit Review Show, uh, 7 a.m. Sunday. It's really cool. I keep waiting for Andrew to become too big time and not do that show anymore. But uh, this week, he said he'll do it again. So that'll be exciting. Uh, tons of fun uh, uh, stuff to talk about. We'll talk about the cost of noble shirts. And uh, I don't know if there's any more steroid stuff to talk about, but we'll open up the phone lines. Um, you guys can call in and talk to the Batman yourself. And uh, that's all I got for you. I, I think, oh, oh, shit. Wait. No, okay. Oh, we got Matt Torres on the schedule. Holy shit. That's not to Monday. That's the following Monday. That's the guy over at um, in Florida at the uh, brute brute strength. Oh, thank you, nodding back there, mystery mystery person. A brute strength. That's where Daniel Brandon went. That's where Dallin and James Sprague and Emma Carey and others are. Fisa Gaffey. Okay, cool. And we got Haley Adams on that day too. Holy shit, the schedule is really filling up over here. Oh, my goodness. Look at this. One more thing. On July 27th, we have an affiliate owner coming on. I made these comments uh, to, uh, to HQ about there's affiliate owners who've put it all on the fucking line in the middle of the fucking country like Iowa and probably in the middle of other countries who put it all on the line to run a CrossFit gym. All on the line. They have kids, but they don't, they, they've put it all on the line. Their gym has to succeed. They have no plan B. And this guy reaches out to me and he said, Hey, I'm one of those gyms. I've had a gym for like eight or nine or 10 or 11 years. And I'm in the middle of Iowa and we've spent every cent we have to make this work. And it's Chris tile. I think that's his name. And we have him scheduled for July 27th. Wow. We're getting bold. That's in the middle of games week and we're fucking with affiliates. That's going to be a great show. I'm really pumped. Car Saunders coming on, uh, James, uh, Sprague and Dallin. Wow. Tons of people. We got Dale Saran coming back on. Tuesday, we have another big show in the morning with uh, Brian Friend, and I think it's J.R. Howell. I can't see. It's cut off. Can you see that? Anyway, okay, guys. Love you. Uh, see you guys tomorrow if we don't do another uh, live call show tonight. Uh, bye bye